Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's our goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that help craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Carrie Bean. Carrie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Excited to be back. (laughs) Well, I know, Carrie, in your life right now, you have been running and going every which direction with regards to baseball games and um, just life in general has got you going in a lot of different directions. Have you come across any wines that you've liked on your journey at all? No, not really. I've been trying to increase my water intake, so that's been my focus lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, um, let's see, Kate and Becky, uh, we talked earlier about some wineries on what's called um, Cayuga Lake. I'm sorry, Canacadia oh. Lake. Okay. And Canacadia is a it's one of the finger lakes i don't think it's one that you've actually ever been to mm-hmm. but um i've been exploring some of the wines that are out there uh, on that particular lake and one that i came across that i thought um if you're if anybody's looking or if if you, when when you come out and see us in the finger lakes um at some point in time i'd love to take you to is called song hill winery mm-hmm. um, up off from like i said canna um, canadagua lake song hill winery um interesting interesting winery. It's been around. Um, it's actually considered to be in Victor. Um, and it's a family run winery, which I always love to visit family one run wineries anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the grapes are from the Finger Lakes and from Lake Ontario. So it's kind of, you know, two different, two slightly different uh, regions, kind of. I mean, even though it's the same New York region, the lake, Finger Lakes versus Ontario Lake is a different sort of location. So um, they have some interesting wines that uh, I'm looking to explore when I get back, because now this is on my list as I was looking, including you know, my, fa- my favorite Cab Franc they have. Uh, so I want to give them a try, but they also have some Brute Rosés, which is like is a, a sparkling kind of rosé, which I always think is fun to celebrate. Yeah. And yeah. I think that would be fun, right? And then mm-hmm. it's a 2014 Brute, so it should be pretty interesting. And 
And they also have some really neat, um, the location, when you look at it online and look at what you see, they also have some really beautiful views that people can um, explore when they're there. And they have ornaments of their particular logo, which I also thought was pretty neat. But I don't know, just someplace uh, unique and different and uh, not a place that I've ever been, which is unusual for me in the Finger <laughs> Lakes. So I'm looking forward to exploring there and hopefully having you by my side when we do it. <laughs> Sounds great. The, um, the topic that I thought you and I could talk about that's not wine related uh, and kind of stays in the theme of spring cleaning, spring organization, that sort of thing is the car buying process or the organization of car buying. Um, a few, was it about a year ago or a year and a half ago? You had to dig pretty deeply into that process. And I think it was to replace your daughter's car. Am I remembering correctly? Yes. Yes. She was, I guess, yeah. um, mainly or probably around her senior year of high school, we needed to replace her car because she was going to be going to college. And the one she was driving was not in good enough shape that she probably didn't need to go further out than about 30 miles. So we decided it was time. Um, and we just sort of began researching and a little bit of input from her and started that process, which isn't always the funnest process. Even me as a car person, I, I really enjoy cars and I like them and I, I know a lot about not necessarily a lot about motors and things like that, but I know, you know, I can spot a car and tell you what make and model it is from a long way just because I, I don't know, I like them. So it's a fun process for me, but even as someone who enjoys it, it's very, it can be very stressful as well. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Um, like take us back from the start thinking about how did you get organized to start this process and kind of mm -hmm. walk us through, you know, how you, you, cause you were very methodical about it. Yes. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. I think the first sort of thought process was, you know, obviously it's kind of easy to do in your mind, but basically process of elimination, like for her, it was, she didn't want a truck. And she didn't want, you know, a big SUV or anything. So just thinking about what is the purpose of this vehicle and how long does it need to last and, you know, starting from there. So for, for us, it was just the process of elimination and then starting to think about, you know, what, what would be ideal. So for her, you know, she's going to be in college for the next four years and then potentially get her master's. So maybe five or six years. And so wanting to get her or at least help her get a vehicle that she wouldn't have to worry about um, replacing until that time frame was over. So that sort of helped us get started. Um, I think in there and, and everybody's different. Every kid is different. She wasn't a very opinionated person on the vehicle. So that's kind of unusual, I think, for kids her age, too. As an 18-year-old, she was just, she didn't really enjoy the process like I did and, and uh, didn't have a big opinion on it. So we sort of just started looking around. And actually, what I did was I sort of just decided on a smaller SUV for her, um, particularly just because it, it felt like it fit her. And um, we were kind of going back and mm -hmm. forth between a car and a small, real small SUV. Um, so we kind of eliminated that. Mm -hmm. And then part of what I do, which may or may not be unique, is 
I like to just go and look and drive by myself and, you know, not take the whole family, not make it an experience because sometimes car buying can be an experience and you want to be able to think through. This needs to be, you know, it can be a fun decision, but it needs to be a smart decision at the same time. So I kind of started just, you know, looking myself and would go to the car dealership and get inside of it and go for a little test drive and was actually able to start the elimination from that because there was one car in particular that I was pretty much on paper sold on. And then when we drove it, it was the road noise was extremely loud. Mm. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. not this one. So taking that time and whoever it it may be in the family, you know, and it may be that you and your spouse want to go or you and your child. But it just so happened that I was away and away from home and in an area where there were quite a few dealerships. So I did that Um, at the time, which it's a little bit different right now. the, The car industry has some unique things going on right now. But at the time, it made a lot more sense when I used car. Um, so we had pretty much decided on a low mileage used car and then we kind of went from there. So I started looking at things like fuel mileage, reliability from a parental perspective. Safety was a really big deal for us because she was going to be driving in a Mm -hmm. lot more traffic than she was used to previously. So safety was really important for us. So that's where I started just kind of doing my comparison and figuring out. Which vehicle did we feel like was the safest, was going to be the most reliable and most fuel efficient um, for her? So went through all of that. And then I think with her, you know, once I've kind of narrowed it down for her, and again, I think most kids would probably want to be a little bit more involved than she was. We took her and we went and we said, you know, these are some of the choices that we feel like is best for you. And we let her obviously go drive them and and test drive them and see which one she liked and kind of went from there. Then once we identified what we wanted, then I sort of did more detailed research because it's really easy to go to a car dealership and let them convince you to buy um, I'm not easily persuaded in that. So I was like, no, we're going to keep doing some research. So ended up um, identifying the car we wanted for her and then started just shopping, lots of online shopping, um, put together a spreadsheet that compared, you know, that's when you can think about the numbers. I think mm-hmm. first figuring out, you know, what's the purpose of the vehicle and then, you know, what do you want Because I think there is, you are going to be driving it for a long time. So sometimes on paper, we probably should all be driving teeny tiny cars that are super fuel efficient. But, you know, there's a lot of other goals in that. But I think you also want to enjoy what you're driving too. So all that needs to be taken into consideration. But once you get all that figured out, I think it's figuring out the price that you can afford and and, and what you're willing to pay and Mm -hmm. make those like, mathematical and budget decisions ahead of time. I think that's probably the hardest part. So I would say that's probably the the second step is figuring all of that out. You know, if you're not, you know, if you're going to finance it, you know, thinking through, you know, don't finance it for too long and how much payment, you know, do you want to pay each month and what's the interest rate going to be and, and working sort of mm-hmm. backwards into that um, versus going to the dealership. Because I, I I hate when people ask you, you know, well, what do you want your payment to be? It's 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 you shouldn't be at the point at the dealership where they're asking mm-hmm. you that and you actually answer 
that question. You know, these are all things that you should have taken care of ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the, the that's yeah. where the spreadsheet I, it's interesting. play. It, it, what you just brought up. Yeah. That, that point that you just brought up a moment ago about, you know, I, well, I remember when Brent and I were looking for my vehicle that I purchased in 2018, that was what they, that was what they led with. What do you want your payment to be? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember looking at the guy and saying, well, zero, like, I don't, I don't actually want to pay that. You know? yeah. <laughs> I want a, a safe vehicle at a reasonable price. And, you know, I, I don't want to back into, I can afford X dollars per month. And so get me that vehicle. You know, mm-hmm. I want. I don't, I don't, I love that. And, and I know that you, um, you did, you plotted out that comparison worksheet that was, mm-hmm. you know, it sort of ranked it kind of in order and it was, was kind of per- purpose, purchase and price, right? Mm-hmm. So, or mm-hmm. purchase, price and purchase. Yeah. I could say purpose, price and purchase. So yes. kind of in that order um, was the way that you looked at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, any top recommendations that you would have for dealing with the dealers in general? You know, what I know you said you're not easily swayed, but are there, and you mentioned like going in with all of the thought ahead of time. Are there other things that did you like go out to certain websites, you know, when you were getting yourself organized for this process? Yeah, I don't know that there was a particular website, but I did, you know, when I was looking at the safety of things and then a lot, there's a lot of good lists out there that will rank vehicles like in the category that you're looking for. So that's usually pretty helpful. Also, there are so many videos on social media like YouTube and TikTok that have done a lot of this for you already. So that is really helpful, but it still isn't the same as doing it yourself. Because I know, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you think about a vehicle for her, it wasn't, you know, how big the back seat was not a big deal. But, you know, if you have a family, those are things you really just got to get out there and see with your own eyes and, and figure out. But I think, you know, do as much as you can ahead of time. But going into the dealership and and just being patient and knowing, you know, ultimately they're just really there to help you and they're trying to do their job. So being polite and just walking through that process and just letting them know, like, you're looking, you're not ready to purchase, but you want to check out some. So that's what I did. Seemed seemed to work out fairly fine. When you were getting organized to do all this, and, and I'm talking about go out and actually drive the cars themselves, Did you bring any documentation with you when you actually went to the dealers? Was there anything that you actually took with you to sort of have tucked away to, you know, to ask questions about to the dealers? I'm just trying to think what what ways could people get themselves organized before they actually even step foot on the dealership? I didn't really have any like physical papers. I think I I really think it helps to go to the dealership. And everybody's different. But for me, it was going to the dealerships, figuring out what I was looking for, and then coming back and thinking through it. Because I think if you go to a dealership and you're like, I have to buy a car today, it really changes the game. I think you get in there, you're not, you're just not prepared. And I think the, you know, when they get you in the finance office, that can be a very overwhelming experience too. So if you haven't prepared yourself, you know, financially to make a good financial decision, that's where you can get yourself in a situation that you might regret later. 
So I don't, I didn't have necessarily anything physically that I was referring to, but I did do quite a bit of preliminary like research about the vehicle. So a lot of the the questions that I may have had were maybe I'd already answered by the time I was there for the second time (laughs) prepared to purchase. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think those are all very helpful tips for people that are thinking about making an investment. And I know, I know it is a very different environment right now when it comes to car buying, which is all the more important to be able to actually have as much information and be as organized as you possibly can going into that car buying because there is limited availability still. Mm-hmm. And if you have time, you can wait for the vehicle that you want, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I know in a lot of cases, you are paying above sticker price right now. And or if you're yes. if you're walking on the lot, you're paying above sticker price. So yes. having the patience and the willingness to, to actually talk to different dealers that might carry the same vehicle. Like if you've decided on a vehicle, it's also taking the step to actually go talk to different dealers that might sell that vehicle because one might do a sticker price. um, Another might do above sticker price. And also Mm -hmm. if you have a vehicle to trade in, knowing the difference between the trade-in values and doing some research ahead on that kind of thing as well, so that you don't feel like you are being taken from that environment either. Right. Because used cars are going for a premium right now. Yes, they are. And the ones that are new, ironically, I'm not... This is so funny that we are talking about this because I'm thinking about in the next few years, we're going to have to replace one of the vehicles that me or my husband drives because of the timing of it. And then my son's going to need a vehicle. So what's funny is I actually got stuck yesterday in a, in a town nearby for about an hour and wasn't planning to. So I started my research yesterday for a vehicle that I might purchase in the next two years. And, and so, I mean, I actually drove uh, three vehicles yesterday with no intention of purchasing just starting to think about it. And then later I got home and I I told my husband about this one that I really, that I liked. And I thought this would potentially be an option, but did some more research. And if you buy a new one right now, it's that particular vehicle is very popular and it's selling for 20% above sticker price because it's so popular. So it's a terrible time to buy that and that was the the one that I kind of liked. And I was like, well, not a good, obviously not a good time. So I don't necessarily need one today, but I think thinking through your cash flow for the next five or six years is always helpful too. And not making an mm-hmm. emotional decision because I actually love cars. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would been have been easy for me to not recognize that about myself and just make a bad financial decision. But because of course they're they want you to buy one on the lot today. Um, mm-hmm. so, but anyway, yeah, I've started that process yesterday and may not buy it for two or three years. So, which I think is fabulous. I think you know because recall when I had to buy my new vehicle, I had to do it. Yes, it wasn't it wasn't a choice, right? And so. 
Right. And I, even though it's probably, I would say at least five years out, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I said is I will never be stuck in that situation again. Like I, you know, I will never, I never want to have to make a decision that day again. Right. So I'm much more conscientious of, um, and I, you know, we've talked about this probably other times on the podcast, but I don't like the vehicle. And I don't know if it's because I was forced to make a decision Mm -hmm. or because I truly just don't like the. I don't know if it's psychological or if it's actual, Right. you know, like what, if you said to me, what, if you don't like, what don't you like about the vehicle? My response would be, it's, it just feels bigger than my last one. Right. That's not a reason to like hate a vehicle. (laughs) So I think some of it is still very psychological and emotional Mm -hmm. is to, Mm -hmm. you know, having been forced in because nobody likes to be forced into doing anything. Um, And I, I felt like that was, that was my only option. I had to have a vehicle. Um, So now I'm like preparing years ahead. So I, and Mm -hmm. I think that's the smart idea, you know, smart thing to do Mm -hmm. is know something about what you might like, because also, you know, the vehicle that you like at this point in time, and you know things are going to change with with I suspect I shouldn't right. say we ever know, but we suspect that things are probably going to change um, with regards to used vehicles versus new vehicles in the future and and the prices of some of that stuff. So now that you know what you like, you can actually keep an eye, eye out for right. something and a good price for that something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Carrie, always delightful to have conversations with you and you're you're our our favorite person to go to when it comes to the dreaded car buying because most of us <laughs> hate it. And you so <laughs> I have joked and said I'd rather go to the dentist than uh, than go buy a new car. And I'm not saying anything bad about the dentist. I love my right. dentist and my hygienist, but but I uh I'm not I'm also not a fan of it. So um <laughs> You know, it's just not my favorite thing in the world to do. And you you always make it look enjoyable. So we appreciate you taking time out to share your ideas and thoughts and tips. And I think the number one thing I heard you say was that when you get to the point, plot out a comparison and rank purpose, price, and then purchase as yes. far as the process. And yes. so... Um, Again, thank you so much. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. As always, please feel free to share it with your friends. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to go out and leave a comment or uh, rate us on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify as the more people that rate us, the more listeners uh, that will know about us. We hope you all enjoyed it and we hope you have a great day or a great evening. Thanks, everyone. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.